Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yeah, we're ready. We can go. Let's go. I'll take her off to leave when we get in there. So, uh, um, welcome listeners to Running Commentary. I am once again uh, lacking a Tonkinson. He'll be back soon, but I'm joined fantastically by Sophie Rayworth. Hello. Hello. And we are in wonderful Richmond Park on a beautiful day. It doesn't feel like, what is it, September? It does not feel like the end of September. No, does it, it doesn't. It's warm, it's balmy, it's, it's, it's all a bit lovely. I, I, when we were arranging this, I thought I must have a look at the weather, and I didn't. <laughs> but of course... It's really nice. It's all right, very nice. Really again. Let's cross the road. If you don't know, I don't I stand know, a I chance. I definitely know, but I'm think, I think let's get off the path. So and we're joined not just by you, but by uh, Luna. Luna, my dog, who is uh, nearly one year old and has started to do a bit of running. So, uh, um, classic, uh, sorry, um, 2020 uh, uh, dog arrival. She was a 2020 lockdown pup. I'm just going to take her off the lead because she... Uh, she can run. run a bit. Run go. free. Yeah, she run, t- I run with her a bit and not very, sort of, no more than reading than once a week. But yeah. she loves it. Um, we just sort of do four or five miles maximum. Yeah. Well, um, that's nice. That's nice for us to have an excuse to stop after four or five miles. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but then she gets the end of the run and she's absolutely flying still. She loves it. So, yeah, spectacular. And you're in charge of where we're going, but we're going to do four or five miles around the old... Uh, beautiful park. I've run here so much. I started running here, in fact. My first park run was here in Richmond Park. Yeah. A very long time ago. And uh, we have to go along this way because we've got a river to cross there. Oh, yeah. um, Many rivers to cross. So I know this part, like inside out, it's funny when you get you're so used to running routes. Yeah. Um, Whereas I could get horribly lost. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it's lovely, lovely out here. So close to London, yet you just feel almost in the middle oh, of nowhere. Oh, absolutely. I th- I obviously, I was uh, looking to come and have a chat with you and just catch up for the first time in a long time, but the Blooming Richmond Park thing <laughs> is uh, Luna's made some friends. <laughs> yeah, trading up. Okay, she's trading up. Now she's come back, good. Yeah, I just, uh, you know, it's really not that far, but Luna, I've got come to here, come up come with here. a reason to come here. That's it for the bridge. Here. Come on. We're going over the uh, Beverly Brook. Over Beverly Brook, Brook and then out onto the path. And, uh, yeah, so uh, obviously, for all kinds of reasons, it's been a couple of years. 
I think the last time, uh, I think we, we did the Great London, North. didn't we? Oh yeah, that's right. Through central London, I remember that through Regent's Park. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I remember that because we did the lovely bit of uh, the canal. Yeah. With all the kind of, but that was ages ago. It was. It was a good few. Well. We haven't really run. <laughs> I've hardly run with anyone for such a long time. Yeah, now. for obvious reasons. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Is that like last time? Well, I think that the the, the nation, certainly the running nation, um, remembers you running to and from work in early lockdown. That, yeah. God, the that's most. It's absolutely. It's funny because I'm I've been going to work all the way through the pandemic. Yeah. You're um, quite a frontline key worker. I was, <laughs> I was right there, and. Uh, I still, it's funny now, I still have to sort of pinch myself. I think of the uh, the days when, I mean, there was a day, I was talking to somebody about it yesterday. There was one day when, very early on, it was like a weekend, and I ran to work past Green Park Tube Station, uh-huh. along Piccadilly, and I stopped and started taking photos, and the two policewomen came out of the tube, and they, they literally said to me, why are you taking photographs? You shouldn't be taking no, no tourism today. <laughs> and I was like, it's extraordinary. I was in London in the middle of the day. Yeah. And I was being stopped by the police. No. It's hard I to imagine. Not to take photographs. And you were the and you were the only person there, like in a very real sense. Because even, you know, in whatever, you know, a mile away in zone two, you know, lockdown never really it was weird in all kinds of ways. But it was never Silent in, around where I lived, it was never like a zombie movie, you know what I mean? Yeah, whereas there was always people London, doing stuff. it really was, it was yeah, jaw dropping. Yeah, and I'd run through the city and I actually felt I mean, it's extraordinary, it's only a, what, a year and a bit ago, but I actually felt guilty about not running my direct route, which is about five and a half miles. Yeah, and if I did a little sort of loop around the river or um. You know, a bit more of a, just to see different bits of London. Yeah, you feel like you're bending the rules. Yeah, I really did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt bad. I felt yeah. guilty. And um, to be, you know, to be, and then I was wearing my BBC pass at one point. Yeah, as yeah. As in, I'm allowed to be out. Yeah, that's right. And then somebody told me not to wear my BBC pass. I might get mugged for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, and then, of course, going to the BBC and telling the nation about this stuff. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, it was, uh, it was I don't think anyone else was having a comparable experience. We were all having weird experiences. It was so strange. And just also just watching the, or feeling that kind of sense in about March. Yeah. Of the wave coming towards us. Yes. Um, And I'd be sitting there doing the news and I was doing back-to-back bulletins. I was doing a lot of bulletins then because they started cutting down the number of people. Yeah. um, Coming in. And, yeah, I remember at about six o'clock every night you get the figures from France (laughs) and Italy. and the number of people who had died in Spain and you're know, going up into the hundreds and then into the thousands and we weren't quite there yet. No. And it was that thing of that impending doom of what was coming towards Yeah, it was us. like a slow wave, wasn't it? Starting it really with was. the stories from China and, and then I mean, from... I physically, my jaw used to drop yeah. when these figures flashed up on the computer in front of us. And then you're still doing things, but you know, it's coming. Yeah. I remember that. I saw a load of comedians this weekend because they're all kind of back out there. And everyone's like, do you remember? Because of course it's still, we're all using different microphones and, you know, there's protocols and everything. And everyone's remind, reminded of the last time before it all stopped, everyone's doing that and kind of just chuckling about it. So, oh, look at us touching elbows. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what a time. It was extraordinary. Also, extraordinary. to take it to uh, running, I remember seeing online, we just, by coincidence, we were both lined up to do London, I think, in 2020. 
and uh, the London Marathon. Yeah. And uh, one Sunday, you you posted about doing a 20-mile run, saying, great 20-mile run, but I don't know if the marathon's going to happen. And I'd had exactly the same experience. I was running up the canal in Leeds, and it was just such a strange moment. I mean, obviously, it's a small problem compared to what went on in the world, but to run this huge training run for an event you can yeah. kind of see slipping off into the mist. But everything, I had so many events and so many races lined up. I was supposed to go to South Africa yeah. and run Comrades, um, the 50-mile ultra. That was yeah. all booked, and we were going in June. There was London Marathon. Yep. Um, I got my, did the British Masters, the English Masters um, half marathon, yep. and I qualified got my England shirt. Wow. Then the race got cancelled. Ah, yeah. um, a week or two days before I was supposed to run it. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, well, the race has just dropped off, didn't it? And then everything went virtual. Yeah, yeah. So what running have you done? What did you pick up? I, know, I remember you went and did uh, some kind of slightly trady half marathon last summer. I yeah, think. well, I did. I, I mean, the first... The first bit of lockdown, I was obviously running, and running completely, <laughs> totally saved me. It was just yeah. it was so nice to be able to get out just for your head. Yeah. I've never appreciated my running more than I did during lockdown. No, and it's interesting, isn't it? Because, of course, lots of people discovered it. But even for us who were, you know, pretty keen runners, it still kind of changed up a kid, didn't it? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd come here to Richmond Park and come with my son, who is 13 now and turning into a very good runner. Nice. Faster than me already. Oh, it's really annoying. <laughs> really annoying. Um, and harsh because you're pretty fast. Yeah, he's 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 absolutely hammering it now. <laughs> um, loves it. But uh, I'd come here with him, and the whole park you couldn't no cars. It was closed. Yeah. I mean, there was a point when they were talking. I think they should have closed the whole park now. I think they just closed it to no bikes, no cars. Yeah. Um, it was amazing. Yeah. On one level, it was absolutely amazing to be able to come through here. Because it's so big as well. I mean, it's I huge. couldn't, at one stage, couldn't really go to my local park because it was so full of people. And they were all totally, you know, kind of within the rules and getting their exercise and everything. It's just that there's so many people and they couldn't go yeah. anywhere else. Well, down the, on the river, that was, I that was so strange, on the River Thames. And I often run up and down the river. And there yeah. were sections of the river where there were stewards right. telling you not to run. Yeah. And you weren't allowed to run down there between 10 and 4. Yeah. And there were, you know, I went down there once and I remember I filmed it and it was on the news. Yeah. These stewards stopping people. And it was <laughs> such a sort of, it was oh. just, oh, it's tripped over by the dog. Chip has it. <laughs> I'm out of the marathon. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be good, would it? <laughs> Rob was about to do the marathon and then my dog tripped him over. Um, Sabotage. Where's she going? Go on, Luna. Luna. Luna, um, there was something in that bracken she went after. Yes, she loves all the smells. Well, we're heading towards the ponds here now. It's really the yeah. wonderful pen ponds. It's like being in the savannah here, isn't it? It's, it's like incredible. The African savannah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and it is. It's warm enough that you can kind of. It feels like the holidays because you can, you can kind of smell the bracken. Yeah. It's that, that kind of heat. Beautiful colours as well. Oh, aren't yeah. The yellows of the grasses. Um, so no, but the, uh, yeah, so lo- running completely saved me in lockdown. Yeah, and in I this was running space. to and from work, and I did these weird runs very early on. Yeah. When I was running back from work, having done ten o'clock news, and yeah. I run through the city, down the road, in the middle of the road. Yeah. There were no cars. There was nothing. Yeah. You know, very early on, it's sort of April. Um, and people kept saying, "Don't you feel unsafe?" I was like, "No, there's no one here. Just yeah. the police. Safe as can be." I know. There was absolutely nothing there. And I was running down the middle of Oxford Street, uh, running down the middle of Piccadilly. Um, it's 28 yeah, days later, isn't it? It's the beginning of the film, 28 days later. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's that shot, isn't it? I, I, there's a shot of running over Westminster Bridge. Yeah. Um, and 
yeah, just the emptiness. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. Yeah. I had this very weird effect on my brain as well because when I run normally, I don't listen to music. I don't. I just run because it sort of quietens my head. Yeah. And it's almost bizarrely mentally relaxing because it just silences everything. Yeah. And you're very much in the moment. So I don't often listen to stuff. And then during lockdown, I started running and having to put music on yeah. or listen to the radio because there were no voices, there was no noise. There yeah, there was no, because you didn't need to access silence, you had quite enough. I get down onto the embankment in the middle of London by the, the big the big wheel, the big the, eye, yeah. London Eye. I remember standing there one more at lunchtime, just going, oh my God, because it's just quiet, just yeah. total quiet. Yeah. And it had this sort of weird effect in my head. I could, I could see all the things because I've lived in London most of my life. Yeah. And it was like a kaleidoscope of memories that I could see piling onto these places, which were just yeah, yeah, like empty film sets. Almost like ghosts. So you, was, you're like so used to there being people there. Uh, yeah, it's a sort of ghostly film sets, and I could see all these things I'd done for years. It was a very weird experience. Um, and when you got back to running, you know, events. Did you find that anything has sort of changed in your head from all that crazy lockdown running? Um, I found, well, I've, my first big event, I did, I did a half marathon, uh, a trail one with Susie Chan. Yes, that was, that was the one I was running thinking buddy. Um, I did that, oh God, I was just going out, probably last year. It was last summer, I think. Was it last summer? Yeah. That was the first one I did. But then, you know, we were being set off in waves of six. Yep. You don't have that whole camaraderie and yeah, yeah, pre-race yeah. nerves and you know six of you going <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, that was, I did that was lovely to get, you know, get out and did race the Vitality Big Half the other day which is the one connected to the London Marathon yeah. Yeah. and uh, they had us down at the start line for kind of photos and things and uh, all the people running it were sort of set up in various waves and kind of kettles around the place and uh, the upshot of that was there was no one there yeah. it, it just felt like you know there was about 25 staff and maybe uh, less than 10 or a dozen at the most kind of <laughs> not, not huge celebrities and we're just in the street thinking is it just us? I was just kind of cheering and stuff. I did the Great North Run last. Uh, oh, yeah. when was that? The second week of September. I never thought it was. I've lost track of time. No, but it was um, last year. It was this, this month. I did yeah. the uh, Great North Run, and I was really, I really wanted to go to that because it was, you know, Brendan Foster is the man who got me into running when I was, uh, you know, grand old age of 38. <laughs> Quite a long time ago now. No, no, come on. And, uh, <laughs> and um, just two or three years ago. Yeah, yeah, just two or three years. Yeah, okay. Um, and he got me into running, and it was the 40th edition of the Great North Run, and I was going to help launch launch it with him. January last year, or would it have been the year before? I lost track of time. But anyway, I was yeah, going to launch yeah. it with him, and then the pandemic hit, um, so it obviously never took place. So I really wanted to go and be there and yeah. support him because I think. What he's done for running is amazing. Yeah, it's really... Uh, and people don't... Sometimes in the South, people don't get... Great North Run is kind of everything the London Marathon is. Yeah, but, it's and, huge. Uh, and it's and it, And it's all the more impressive because it's, uh, it's not in a global city. It's not... Uh, you know what I mean? It's, it's a different kind of... It's a local event, essentially. Yeah. But just an enormous local event. But that was... So I was really nervous about doing that because... Uh, although I ran all last year and I was fine... 
my goodness, what's <laughs> the deal? Luna, come here. Oh, no. Great big stag. Where did Luna, you see it? come here. Where is this Luna's deer? Luna's off the lead and there is a big stag here. Come on, yeah, come. Good uh, girl. Oh, come. you're there. I've got to get a Isn't picture. That amazing? You, you keep the dog safe. They're beautiful, aren't they? Oh, he's standing yeah, up. Good my goodness, mate. Did you? I, know, I suppose you heard that. Go. I'll, I'll do the sound in case you didn't. That's it's it. It's rushing season, said. isn't it? It must be. Good Lord. It's the start of the rushing season. Luckily, he doesn't look too rutty. He looks quite chilled no. out. She's very good, this dog. She just stays right by me. <laughs> Even when there are great big stags. No, sometimes you run in Richmond Park, and it's like I've been here in the mist, and uh, sort of really low cloud just here where we are by the yeah, yeah. And you hear the rutting, and it sounds like, um, it's like dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. Jurassic oh, Park. It is, it really is. Wonderful. Do you remember, uh, I suppose you remember uh, the uh, classic uh, internet video about Fenton the dog? Yes. <laughs> yes, that's why I'm very very aware Wonderful my dogs. dog right by I remember me. that. I remember watching that online, you know, when it was, that was quite a new concept, a funny video going around and realising that it only happened about an hour and a half before. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and I'm watching it online and, you know, 50,000 other people had done by then. I so. know. Well, you should be quite careful that because there's some dogs will really well chase them. But yeah. This one, thankfully, is too Small, yeah. Also, she's used to being next to a human runner, which comes her down a little bit. Yeah, Some other dogs are like, "What's that human doing with the running?" <laughs> she just wants to. So, so yeah, the Great North anyway, Run. The Great North Run. So that was the first race I had done for ages. Yeah. Proper race, and I hadn't all this year since January. I've been on off with uh, some sort of niggly tendon injury. So my my training has been a bit rubbish. I've done uh -huh. for quite for about six months. I was just struggling, but. Where is, it in, where is it? In your knee? Or? No, I, didn't my, I thought it was my Achilles. But right. I found this great physio who um, identified it wasn't actually my Achilles. It was the tendon that is somehow attached to your big toe. Right. And it goes under your foot and mm -hmm. up the outside of your calf, which is why you think it's your Achilles. Yep. Anyway, he sorted me, fixed me, and I've got absolutely no pain at all now. But Brilliant. I just haven't done any of the speed training. Yeah. Well, it's so, so difficult, isn't it, coming back from injury? Because you've I got to do it whilst not injuring yourself again. I think I sort of lost my nerve, I lost my confidence a bit because I just thought, well, it's been so long. Yeah. And I'm getting old. <laughs> and I thought I won't be able to do what I did before. And I was running my fastest times before lockdown. Um, <coughs> so, anyway, I did the Great North Run and I thought, well, just, I'm just going to relax and do it. Yeah. And set off. I was really, really nervous beforehand. And I had no idea whether it was going to blow up, whether it was going to just be quite slow, yep. or whether it was going to be all right. And I just sort of went along. And I loved hearing everyone's feet. Yeah. And that sort of, you know, that camaraderie. Yeah. And just you, you, when you're running with a pack of runners, and we all set off at the start, so there were quite a lot of people setting off at the same time. Um, well, it's, just, it's a strange kind of comparison, isn't it, with what you were saying about the silent running of London, London totally. lockdown. Because I remember the very first time I did a big event, half marathon, it's the Royal Parks half, just suddenly realising that that, that camaraderie is it's with people who are silent. You know, everyone's looking forward. Yeah. It isn't the sound of voices, it is the sound of feet. Totally, it's feet on the tarmac. Yeah. And I just bounced along and it was lovely. <laughs> I didn't even really look at my pace. I looked at my heart rate at the end and I just thought, I know what... I know what's too much. Uh -huh. So I sort of ran it to my heart rate. Um, but I was ended up, I was sort of doing seven and a half minute miles and I hadn't run that fast for ages. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> at the end, I had two miles to go and I just thought, right, go. 
and uh, tried to put the hammer down a bit. Yeah. And then realised that the course was different. <laughs> and there were hills for the last two months. Oh, know. my goodness. But I scraped in under 140, which was really, I was really pleased Brilliant. With. So what so was your time? 139 and sort of like 10 seconds or something. So it was, my, it was actually randomly a, a, a PB for the Great North Run. Brilliant. Um, oh, that's great. But I was thinking, I didn't want to make any assumptions, but I was thinking, you know, coming back from injury and stuff, it is easy to assume that we'll have lost all fitness. Yeah. But actually, it kind of abides, doesn't it? Unless you kind of throw it away. It's the, uh, it's the upside of the way the body kind of learns and changes. It doesn't really change back. So you, it's kind of still so, expecting you to head you off. Know, you do. You, you hope that's what will happen. I know but from uh, experience that that means that you're on very similar form to doing the Great North Run before because... Well, you and I, I know, well, that's exactly what I thought. <laughs> you and Susie Chan, it yeah, was we so finished, funny. I think we finished, we, the three of us finished within 10 seconds of each other. We did, didn't we? But we I was the... scraping. I was the real So I was coming back from injury then, I was coming back from my broken toe. Yeah. Which I was really worried about, and I know in retrospect was much less of a problem than I'd imagined. And... <laughs> I said I'll probably be walking half of it. Yeah, <laughs> so did, then when you, I you ran the same as you guys, you were like, he lied! Yeah, and you also, didn't you stop for the loo? <laughs> yeah, I did, I did. <laughs> so not only did he lie, he was fast enough. Yeah, but, uh, you know, <laughs> um, other side of that coin is I was the only person who didn't see the red arrows. Oh. It was literally in the cubicle as they went over. <laughs> <laughs> well, then they had a new course this year. Which, yeah, what uh, was it? What was the shape of I it? I loved it. I think we'll oh, go back to the old course next year. Oh, well, that's good too. But anyway, um, I loved it. It was... It was you went out seven, six and a half miles. Yeah. And, you, and at one of the roundabouts where normally you go on, you just turn back. Right. So you switch back a bit like the London Marathon. Oh, so the halfway. end is the drop down from Gateshead to the yeah, time and lovely. the back that, up. That is a wonderful end yeah, when yeah. you see the sea. But what it did mean was that you saw all the, um, the so I saw the wheelchairs, I saw the women oh, yeah. screaming across the carriageway at Charlotte Purdue <laughs> and Ali Dixon and it was wonderful to see them and then also the men coming through um, so you saw and then I saw friends who I knew were running yep. so you see the faster runners coming back and that sort of keeps you going yeah completely I always love any run whether it's a park run or London Marathon where you see the runners coming yeah, the other I way I found that very distracting <laughs> and then also you ended up in you ran through Newcastle City Centre yeah. which I'd never done before which was great yeah well, I mean, I've joked, I've joked about it in Newcastle. It's a bit cheeky because the, the traditional end of the Great North Run is a wonderful thing. But it is South Shields. It's a long way from anywhere. It's so difficult it's to get quite back hard to Newcastle. Get home and that was the beauty of this. So I just finished and walked back to the city centre. Yeah. Um, so, no, it was great. It was a lovely race. It Excellent. was a really lovely race. Um, and, and set you up for, uh, for London? Well, no, I, you know, I still don't know. So I've done... I've been training and... Not properly, and I've had a problem train for eight weeks, I think, since yeah. I've been injured. Um, and I've been doing long runs, but then when the last two I did was a 20-miler and a 60-miler, and I was running at some nine-minute miles, yeah. feeling absolutely wiped out. Right. Um, so I don't know. I have no idea what I'll be able to do on the day. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, when it comes down to it, you've got to... You did have that half, and it is... It's a very rough, um, what's the word, metric, but it does... Work doesn't it? You should be. It's possible as long as you don't fade dramatically, and if you kind of follow your mood on the day. That what is it? Two times a half marathon plus fifteen minutes. Is it? I yeah. So we're talking. Uh, what we're talking. Three three thirty-five. Three thirty-five. So that's it. I've really? decided that's what you're going for. 
God, I'd be over the moon for the 3.35. I did, uh, we did the virtual one, you know, yeah. the virtual London last October. Yes. And I'd done a bit more running than I have this year. Yeah. And then I did, I scraped in under 3.30. Now, we were talking about this a little bit before we started. Brilliant, by the way. I just didn't oh, well, let just, that pass. But um, I, uh, it's interesting, Virtual, because you were in the middle. I was, I was thinking maybe because of your, you know, sort of uh, BBC... Uh, um, top notchery that you might have been running around St. James's uh, Park with oh, the, the, really the, with the elite. People. Yeah, past no. the, but it was a bit depressing, wasn't it? Because they, because the weather was, of course, appalling. Oh, it was terrible. And they were running past cardboard cutouts. It was, there was something a bit sad about it. And then there was, at the other end of the scale, there was me running totally alone around various parks. And even in that, seeing other people running their own routes, but they were, generally they were with one or two other people. Yeah. But you were... I went to Eaton Dorney. Yeah, it and was an event, event, wasn't it, essentially? Yeah, Eaton Dorney, and they had the, one of their first... Um, let's go right here. Yeah. Get away from the road. Um, come on, Lina. Um, no, we had uh, Eaton Dorney, and there were a bunch of us went, um, and about six of us, I think, five or six, all running at different paces. Yeah. And it was just freezing cold. Yeah. Windy Did it sweat. rain all day? It rained all day. Yeah. And that course is by Windsor, and it's totally exposed yeah but I kind of for some reason just I sort of locked in behind a couple of runners yep and I just went for it I thought it, doesn't, it really doesn't matter yeah and I couldn't believe it. I scraped an under 330 I think it's very and impressive then, literally so was it 329 something I, think, I can't remember it was 329 328 I can't remember yeah um and then I got to the finish line and my calves just seized up and first time ever I couldn't move <laughs> literally couldn't walk yeah um, and a friend of mine, Ollie, had to come carry, or virtually carried me off. <laughs> yeah. get, just running like one foot over yeah. the line. He just sort of dragged me back over to the, <laughs> where the cars were. Yeah, your, your legs are like, that's you, you're done. Um, but you do forget every time, don't you, how far a marathon is. Come yes. On, oh, absolutely. I mean, it's that last bit, isn't it? You, and it's a long last bit. You, you know, the, the Paul, I'm glad to express his thoughts in his absence because... He perennially points out that a uh, marathon is a run of two halves, and the first half is the first 20 miles, 20 and the yeah. second half is the last 6.2. Martin Yelling told me that very yeah. early on, and I've never forgotten it. It's so true, it's yeah. so true. And even if you're thinking at 30 miles, well, I can step it up at 16, 17, you've got to get to 20. Yeah. And then see how you are. Yeah. Because those last six miles are brutal. Yeah. Utterly brutal. Now, I found the... I had a bad time doing it. I don't know what my time was, but it, it was just a really... It's just slog, basically. And I felt the build-up of tiredness because of things... Because of just going up and down curbs, having to know where I was going, getting going through massive puddles and stuff. It was just taking it out of me, you know? But you don't have the momentum of other runners, do no. you? There's That's no sense. The it's like in a, in a, this might sound ridiculous to some people, but I think in a big event, you can, just for sort of like a micro sleep, you can forget you're running for a bit and just get caught up in the flow. Yeah. If you're running on your own and you forget you're running, you just stop running. Totally. And I do, I'm so bad at that. <laughs> friends I run with, they will tell you, they will tease me because I get any excuse to stop. <laughs> like, oh, just have a look at the map. Yeah, you don't give that bit impression. Bit of water, have a gel. <laughs> I'm so bad at it. And then, but then... You run in a race and actually find you can just keep going. It does pull you along. There's a lot in it, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, I uh, uh, the other day I did a 20-mile run and I fell over early on. 
and I ran the rest of it, and I thought, this is tough. I thought, that's good, because it just means that... When, how did you hurt yourself? Yeah, yeah, I was worried I'd have to... We're joking about tripping over Luna, but ooh, don't eat that, Luna. Yeah, I mean, it's full of protein, I'm sure, yeah, but still. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I um, went down hard on a, on a sort of a paving slab edge and whacked down on my elbow and then my ribs on the other side of my elbow. That was agony, and I thought, I wouldn't have an x-ray and stuff. But I kept on running throughout, and I feel fine, so I'm going ahead with the whole thing. But it was so stupid, because I was just thinking, well, when I run the marathon, it will be easier than this. And of course it will be hard, but... So you always, I always do think, it's the sort of, somebody said to me once, just think of the marathon as a victory lap. All the training you've done. Yep. And all the weeks of being exhausted and having tired legs and, yeah. um, you know, thinking you can't do it. The, the marathon day is the victory run. Yeah, that's... Just, just go and do it. And, and the other thing stop. about that is that I think the people, I think everyone, but particularly people who haven't done one, do all the training and they start to get the fear. It, and it's connected to that. Is, um, the marathon is not going to take you by surprise. It's not going to be easy, but it's not... It, it, and you might not have been able to conceive of what it would be like, but it's going to be like you expected deep down. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I'm suddenly always change. surprised, and I've done yeah. a lot of marathons. So yeah, yeah. I'm always so, yeah, surprised. I take it back. It's a bad point. I don't know. What I'm <laughs> yeah, but I'm always surprised when you get to about 21 miles a minute. I don't oh, know. See, such a long way. So last October, I was thinking I would so love to run on a formal course again. You know, it just yeah. would feel like, like a real gift. But now as it comes up... I'm scared to get back out there. The, the well, there, there, there is a fear. It's funny, I've never felt that fear of, tr- of doing it before. Yeah. And actually, I do now, and I think a lot of people do, because yeah. we don't know. You've lost sense of where you are. Let's go cut down here. Nice. Turn right. Come on, doggy. See, again, you did get lost in a runner. Just forgotten and remembered where we are again. <laughs> Turning back there. Can't keep her away from roads. <laughs> um, <laughs> Roads and rutting stags. Roads and rutting stags. I'm, I'm, on the, I'm alert to it all. Um, yeah, there is a fear, definitely. And but of course, London is the London Marathon course. It took a little while for me to get used to it, and I, I do love it, but it has a shake to it, doesn't it? You've got that first fantastic run to Cutty Sark, which is like, wow, this is great. That's and the first atmosphere eight miles. is amazing. And, but it is, yeah, and you're kind of doing a long sort of 10K. And then you put the miles into Tower Bridge, and that's nice too, but you're thinking, you can't help but think, even when you've done it several times, you're thinking, oh, Tower Bridge must be soon now. Yes, totally. <laughs> so you suddenly turn that corner, and there it is. Yeah, and it isn't there until then. You know, it's like, oh, it must be soon, it must be soon. Oh, it's there. And then, uh, and then the halfway point, which is tough, slight uphill, so you're kind of feeling it. And then I always find the slog after that, from halfway to... Poplar, when you go down the Isle of Dogs, I just, you know, I'm always tiring then because I've always gone off really fast. And you're just getting further and further away from the finish line. And it's the only time, if there's anywhere on the marathon where there isn't support on the sidelines, it's, there, yeah. it's down sort of Mud Chute and uh, West Ferry Roundabout and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and then, of course, it feels awful, but 
as a result of that, it, it, the kind of tractor beam of London, you know, you pass 20 miles, you see the people going the other way, you get back to Tower Bridge, and then you get to... And then you're 20, there. And then suddenly you come out of that tunnel, and like you were saying, well, with the London Eye and Big Ben. But oh. that tunnel is where I collapsed when I first did it. Oh, my God, I forgot about My that. first one in 2011. <laughs> That's not ideal. So for me, no, but funny, it's funny, it's a real moment, that, when I come down that hill. Yeah. Um, you come out of the tunnel, and then you come down a hill... And you hit the embankment, and I, that's exactly where I've collapsed, it's on mile 24. Yeah. And I'm always, always so pleased to be there and feeling all right. And I often talk to myself, are you all right? You okay? Because I <laughs> remember thinking then, I was a bit doolally. I remember when I sort of blacked out. Yeah. Of how, you know, overheating. Um, my legs were going. Yeah. And it's always quite a moment to get onto the embankment. And then you just, and you can see the end. But that, again, it's a bit like the Great North Run where you run down in that last mile. Yeah. You can see the finish and the cameras and the, ca- the gantry and the cranes and the... Yeah. You can see where the finish is and it just goes on and on and on. Yeah, yeah, it's a so long mile slightly uphill. And you get a bit of speed on that slope. You think, this is it, we're home. <laughs> and my goodness, I know. it takes forever. Never mind the uh, last 6.2 miles of uh, the London Marathon. The last half of the Great North Run is, <laughs> is that last 1.1 miles. Yes, it really is. Um, the wonderful thing I found during, you know, during the pandemic I've really discovered... We're in, we're we're in no Jurassic Park now, by the way. This is beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, this is the lovely really part of Richmond Park. Which is just, we're in a whole lot of oak trees, very dense, shady oak trees. And just a, it's not autumn uh, purple and bronzy yet, but we've got... Um, it's uh, very green, isn't it? Yeah, just a few bracket, bits of bracken have gone brown just to make give us the idea. Trying to get me and you running with it in the background. <laughs> it's pretty ambitious. I think I've done it. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. The thing, the thing I've really found during lockdown is that because there were no races yep. and because you know, I had a lot more time, when, when I was able to, when I was, you know, travel restrictions allowed Limited. it, um, let's go down here, there's some lovely trees down oh, here, nice. look at that oak at the bottom, 
huge, huge trunk. They must be hundreds of years old. Yeah, yeah. Um, they went think, when who's that? It's Charles II hiding up in the top <laughs> of it. You can come down there, mate. Um, <laughs> oh no, it's Charles III. That's weird. <laughs> when, uh, so when when I was a, you know when you were able to move, yeah, during the various periods, and I'd just go out and run in the countryside. Yeah, I'm getting and I'd a run on my own loads. You said you like to stop. Yeah, let's have a nice stop. There you go, Luna. You're right. Some tree. Luna's oh, gonna have a Luna. chat with some people. <laughs> She's quite chatty. Just has a has a conversation with anybody. Come on, Luna. Um, yeah. So you're able to so travel around about. Country, and I found my the wonderful OS map. Uh-huh. The um the online one where I pay a subscription of like twenty quid a year. Yes. And it's on my phone. Yeah. And I can just I can go anywhere and find a route, find a path. And map myself a circular route yeah. so I don't go on any roads. Yeah. Um, and I'm just climbing over stiles and going through Wonderful. fields. And I love that. I've written that again. It's very, you know, the pandemic. I think you really, people really needed to get out and and finding new things in running. You know, it's not like it's not like you didn't get a lot of running a lot of running done before 2020. Yeah. But finding new things in it. You know. Exactly. Um, do you still you still do Strava? I do Strava, but only. I don't even post much. I don't post a lot. I kind of. I post a bit, but I post it and it's all private. I yeah, yeah. Followers or something. Well, I think you would have probably... Uh, For fairly get, obvious reasons. Get, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I, fi- I find the competition on Strava stressful. No one knows who yeah, I am. Yeah, no, I don't compete. See, I don't do any of the competing because if you're private, you don't get all the cups and the... Yeah, yeah. You can't do all that. Um, and then the other thing I've started doing, I've started, I got obsessed with national oh, trails. Let's go left up here. Um, I've got obsessed with trails, which I found on the OS map. Yeah. So I've started running different trails. So I've run bits of something called the Three Castles Path, which goes from <laughs> Windsor down to Winchester. Oh, brilliant. Yes, uh, I've read about that somewhere. It's yeah. lovely. Brilliant. And you just discover. Wait a minute, what's the, the third castle? Odium. Ah. So it's Windsor, Odium, which is incredible. It's like an octagonal castle. I think it's from St. John in 1200 and something. Uh-huh. Probably got that wrong, but something around then, a long time ago. Um, and you just run past it on this canal. It's incredible. Wow. Um, and then it goes all the way down to Winchester. And I just, I kind of just go and clock bits off and then I get my marker pen up. Yeah. <laughs> I got really geeky about my running and maps. Yeah. Well, I need to do that because I love the idea of it. But whenever I run in the country, I get lost. Well, you I need the map. You need, I need the, the Yeah. And I need... Um, I need an app telling me what to do. Because the trouble is, I kind of, my happy, flappy-armed running brain runs out past my obsessed with the maps brain. (laughs) And I'm sort of like the the co-pilot saying, wait, wait a minute, where are we now? Where are we now? And then I'm climbing onto disaster. (laughs) So I've got a Garmin watch. Yeah. What is so clever about the OS thing? So you can plot your map, and you can find all these amazing footpaths that you probably never even knew existed. Uh And then you save it. And you upload it to your Garmin app, and then you put it onto your watch. Um, I mean, there obviously there's some watches will do it, some won't. But and then you start running, and it tells me, it buzzes, it just tells me, go left, go right, oh, wow. straight on for two miles. Yeah. So I don't really have to think. See, I've never run with a watch, but it might be. We're looking at um, some interesting stuff for Christmas. But I and I, the other thing that's made that stuff nice for me, you're making me think. In the summer, I. I had a really great week running in the lakes, mainly because we were staying in a hotel where breakfast was always on the table at half eight, and I didn't want to miss it, <laughs> so I kept getting up at five really? and getting these runs in. Yeah, I'd probably get up at eight and then 
run afterwards. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Always run before breakfast. And uh, but I think that part of it for me is I've got better at running slower. Still like yes. trying to get good times running fast over short distances. But in terms of running trail and running in the country, I just I didn't I didn't realise I didn't have a relationship with it before. But I've definitely got better at it. And, uh, well, that's what I love, and that's that's again goes back to what we're talking about pace. I've just mm. I've just not done any pace work yeah. because I've been r- running on trails. And have you got any more ultra action lined up? Um, I want <laughs> I want to do one. No, in short, but um, <laughs> the only race I've got is London Marathon. Um, yeah. And then comrades, if that happens again, when it happens, I don't know. Right. Um, so you've got that deferred, so it's sort of sitting yeah, there in the Yeah, I the UTMB, I was supposed to do that, the, the little one. Yeah. Look at that, isn't that amazing? That's a long mile all the way down to the uh, ballet school we're looking at, the Royal Ballet School. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Probably Excellent. was a carriage drive in the olden days. Nice. Amazing road, isn't it? Superb. It's incredible. We're, what, what are we, five miles from, six miles from the centre of London? Yeah. We could be in the, apart from the plains, which give it away. Yeah, yeah, but I love that. I mean, maybe it's because I grew up in West London, but I find the plains, obviously, they're pretty, they're always there. It's pretty impressive in those times when they're not in the sky, like maybe a little bit last year and also the uh, Eyjafjordlajökull times yeah. with the volcano. But um, I just find them cosy because <laughs> we were that close <laughs> to Heathrow when I was growing up. I grew up under the flight path as well. There you go. So it just sounds like childhood to me. Yeah. It's not <laughs> I used to have nightmares about planes crashing into my house. So, you know, there's two sides to every story. I but once saw, I remember standing in my parents' back garden in Richmond and seeing a plane come the wrong way, going across <laughs> rather than over. And it was going to dump all its fuel. It was Ooh. a plane that was in trouble. I and mean, this is when I was about 10. Yeah. And it was going to dump all its fuel in the Thames. Oh, my word. Because um, they were obviously having to do an emergency landing. Great. And we used to get Concorde coming over. Yeah, what did you... In and the w- windows rattled. Yeah. When Concorde went over my primary school playground, we used to run after it across the playground cheering it. All of us, hundreds of us, would just go, Concorde! <laughs> Every morning. It was incredible. That is another time. I never went it? on it. No, exactly. I mean, it is it's freakish enough... Plane travel is weird enough, you know, to go to get up in the air and being in another country in a couple of hours. You know, we're not really evolved to be able to take that on board. Hence jet lag and yeah. so on. But the idea of getting on a plane in London and then being in New York by lunchtime, it's just... Uh, I find the idea of getting on a plane quite weird at the moment. I've yeah, been on a plane absolutely. for so long. Um, I think that's it. And that, again, is something the lockdown's done, isn't it? Yeah. That's really changed. I spent the whole summer on the Isle of Wight. Yeah. Um... Really By the end desire. of that, you thought it was a bit weird to get on a boat. I know, I did actually. I felt very, very cut off. It was lovely. Um, but I didn't have any desire to, to go abroad. Yeah. Which is lovely, actually. As long as we have the weather. We need a weather like this, don't we? Yeah, that's right. Also, long family history for me of, of uh, the lead across the road. Um, holidaying in the UK. Yeah. So when everyone's, you know, the whole dialogue about when, oh, when can we go to Portugal, it just didn't really touch the sides no. of Daring Tower, so that was good. But, um, oh, so the ultra thing you were talking about, I want yeah. to do the one I do want to do, having been to the Isle of Wight this summer, I want to run around the Isle of Wight. That's my, my next thing. Is that I'm an existing thing or is yes, that just your thing? Yes, it's a thing? race. Nice. Which, How far uh, is it? I think it's about 70 miles. Oh, just 70. Just 70 miles of cliffs and hills and I've done a lot of it there. I've run quite a lot of it. Let's yeah. go cross country over here. And when did you, how long is it since you did the Marathon de Sable? I did that in 2018. And I think that you, your uh, experience of that was kind of 
100% positive. Really. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um, it was it was from complete. I went from complete fear. Yep. And just utterly convinced I couldn't do it, and wanting to pull out, but couldn't because. Having signed up 18 months earlier and thinking they'll know that this won't happen. Yeah. Something will happen. I won't be able to do it. I'll be injured. Yeah. <laughs> Looking forward to being injured. Up, about seven other people signed up to come with me. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. There's no way down it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. I can't pull out. And I even tried to get my husband to sort of get me, let me off the hook by going, yeah, oh, I don't know. Is this a good idea? <laughs> the kids. And I kept thinking I was going to get lost or die. Yeah. Or get lost and die. Yeah. And... Or not get lost, but or die. Not go, oh, yeah, one of, something <laughs> was going to happen. And, you know, I collapsed in the London Marathon yeah. because of heat. And it was 22 degrees. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to the Sahara Desert. Yeah. It's going to be 50 degrees. What am I doing? Um, and anyway, I had no excuse. And so I got there and I just went in. A bit like the one I did a great North Run the other day. I went in with the attitude. I could just see how you do. Just go. Yeah. No, no expectation. Just give it a go. And I thought, right. I'll do day one, and if I get to day one, then can't go any further, fine, I'll just walk around camp and speak French, I thought, because I did the French at university, I love speaking French. <laughs> and I thought, that's I the main thing, that's why most people go. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd turn it into something positive. If I can't do it, I'll just go and meet people and chat in French. Um, and I got to the end of day one, I was knackered, but I thought, oh, okay, well, I'll try day two. And I kept going, <laughs> and I got through it. Yeah. Um, and I spoke no French at all because every time I got back to the tent after five or six hours of running, I was absolutely wiped out. You couldn't talk. And Susie and I was with Susie Chan. Yeah. And we, we could not move. And uh, <laughs> you just lay there eating. Such a shame you didn't get to use all that French. I know. <laughs> but we, we were so tired. We made ourselves a, a sub bin because the bin for the tent was a bag outside the outside the tent. Right. And we didn't want to make the effort of getting up <laughs> to go there. So we had a little bin. Yeah. To go in the big bin. It was that bad. Yep. Um but oh, that's no impressive. So what is it is it like a, is it like long marathons every day for a week? That's a rough it's idea of what I'm Sort of eighteen miles one day. I mean it's coming up, they're doing it I think it's September October. Ah. October. So the one that's been postponed for two years now. Yeah. Is it? Or a um, it's happening really soon. Well, you Paul's talking about doing it. I've got a feeling it'll be the next one now. <laughs> I'll go. I want to go back and do there it. There you go. I don't think I'll be able to keep up with Paul, though. Well, you can do, return the favour, because if he says he's going to do it, yes. then, uh, then you say you're going. You I'm go. going with you, Paul, yeah. <coughs> um, no, you, you do 18. I think we did 18 miles one day. Then we did 22. We did 20. And then you have a really big, long stage of 50. Yeah. Which we ran very slowly, the first 10 miles or so, and then we just hiked it. Yeah. There was so much, there was so much uphill. <coughs> and um, you have to carry quite a lot of stuff as well, You're carrying you? all your food, you, can, you carry everything. Yeah. Sleeping kit, food, and it gets lighter as you, as you go on during the week, because obviously you're eating your way through it. Yeah. Um, but you, I must have had about 3,000 calories a day. Yeah. And uh, it's like me in the early nineties, but we weren't. There was no desert or running, <laughs> just the calories. <laughs> um, I still lost the stone in weight though. Wow, wow! Which was extraordinary. I'm just going to put the dog on the lead because there are a lot of deer there. Come oh, the deer! I know you go. Your deer spotting. I am very are aware good. of the deer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, no, I lost the stone in weight in the oh. space of I don't know, eight days. Yeah. Wow. Um, 
See, it's but, funny because I know that you loved it and felt really positive about it, but it doesn't sound doesn't sound that much fun. It was. I mean, it's re- it is really hard. Don't get me wrong. It's really, really hard. Yeah. And there are moments when you know when we did the long stage. I remember one of the guys we were with. And we were standing there, and we've been going all day, twelve hours, ten hours, and, and we the sun was going down, and we were we'd been through famous checkpoint five, which is the one where so a lot of people will stay the night. Yeah. And, uh, um, and Susie wasn't having a great time, and um, she was sort of, I was thinking, do I go on on my own? Yeah. Um, and we all kept going, and one of the guys we were with said, said uh, only four more hours or five more hours, I think, or, I think it was even six. <laughs> and I was like, what? And I just, I literally, that's the only point I really wanted to cry. <laughs> and Susie's husband, Sean, who's absolutely gorgeous, and very sort of quiet in his ways. Like a and rock. He, but he, he's a bit of a total rock. I love yeah. running with him. Um, and he was so sweet. We're going to go down this little path here. Oh, yeah, good. Just this, this extra path. I love it. Right by the wall of the park. Nice. Um, she says, now it looks like a nettle, so maybe we have to go down here a bit. Oh, OK. Um, and Sean was so sweet. He just, he could see instantly that I was struggling. And yeah. just stuck right by me. He didn't speak oh. for a good hour or so. Just ran right next to me. Um, and it was just having him there was really reassuring. Yeah, yeah. And we were That's such good it. support, isn't it? Because you probably, the, the, the silence of it, you know, knowing it's there, but not yeah. having someone saying, go on, you'll be all right. No, uh, only yes. four hours to go. Exactly. <laughs> I really didn't need to hear that. Um, it's very poor use of the word only, essentially. I know, only, only. <laughs> when you've been going 10 hours, it was a bit brutal. So we ran for 16 or 17 hours that day. Um, but when we finished it, and we it's had a day sweet off... sweet chestnuts. Oh, lovely, aren't they? Everywhere. When we had a day off, and then, uh, and then when we finished it, on the last day, I was just... I was euphoric. Completely, yeah. completely exhausted, but also euphoric. I actually cried. Couldn't believe I'd done it. Well, it was Vassos uh, Alexander, who uh, I was thinking of as I came to see you, because uh, we, me and Paul ran with him round here. Um, a couple of years ago now, and he, I think he was arguing that the um, the euphoria, the the depth and length of the euphoria you feel at the end of a running event, is proportional to how extreme it is. So you know, you get to the end of the London Marathon, you feel great for the rest of the day. You get to the end of the Marathon de Sable, and you feel great for uh, you know a week. You get to the end of well, whatever. It just yeah goes up and up and up. But I hadn't told anyone I was doing it, apart from my, you know, my family, obviously. But I had told virtually nobody I was doing it. So, yeah. and I, that because I just didn't think I could do it. Um, whereas Susie will go the other way; she'll tell everyone she's doing it. Therefore, she has to finish it. It's like self-blackmail, yeah. yeah. Um, so it was, it was, no, it was amazing. It was an amazing thing to finish. Yeah. And when I ran, finished the Great North Run the other day, I felt absolutely euphoric. Then I couldn't stop grinning. Yeah, yeah. What those post-race endorphins were. No, like. and and, and also, so happy. strangely at the moment, and it will pass in race. I got something that's bit me. Ow. Um, uh, Dangerous in Richmond Park. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, was a, it was a rutting stag. <laughs> rutting stag. A chomp. Nettles. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, doing that half marathon in in August, and also um, that first park run back, because me and Paul didn't realise that normally when you do a park run, park run's a wonderful thing. But if you run it hard, oh, it's then agony. It's agony. So you really enjoy going, and you feel really good afterwards. But for that period of time, you know, it's 
teeth gritted stuff. Yeah. And that first park run back, I've never, it's the only time I've run a park run and been full of the joy of it right in the middle of it. You know, thinking, yay! Yeah, <laughs> Here that's, we exactly, are. that's exactly what I was like at the Great North Run. Yeah, yeah. Bouncing along. I almost got, I got quite emotional. Red arrows came over. Yeah. Um, you didn't pop into the Louvre. No, I didn't pop into the Louvre. I was running with a guy who was a typhoon pilot randomly. Right. Um, and I flew in a typhoon a few years ago, and he'd, he'd been there. He remembered me from when I went there um, for something, something to do with the RAF 100 yeah. centenary. They took me up in a typhoon. And so we were sort of running together. And we, there was a moment, we were about, I don't know, 10 miles in. And we were both bouncing along and going, oh, it's just incredible to be yeah. with all these people. I sort of welled up a bit. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, well, hopefully, that is what we'll be feeling. <laughs> in, uh, Not a mile 20, on, on, Yeah, in Wapping oh. and, uh, and Poplar uh, next Sunday. But uh, look, I think a lot, of people have, a lot of people just haven't been able to do the training. Yeah. And it's different as well, training. I, I do find the autumn marathons harder to train for somehow. Um, I've always enjoyed the... Uh, Yorkshire Marathon, which is always in October. Oh, really? See, in I fact, love training in the winter. <laughs> I love the winter running. Um, I find it much harder in the summer. I don't like the heat. <laughs> she says, having done the marathon for some. But, um, <laughs> it seems to me, in all seriousness, it seems that your um, uh, collapsing in that first marathon was kind of defining. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That, that, that when you said, right, I'm going to get back up and carry on, it was such a huge decision. It's, uh, it's, it's just carried on the rest of your life. It's like inception. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you're still getting up and carrying on and I taking do, on well, the I heat and find, everything. I do find running gives you an amazing sort of strength, not, not just physical strength, but yeah. mental strength. And I sort of apply it to a lot of things I do in life. So if you think something's going to be hard, I mean, it is that whole notion of, you know get to the end you will get to the end yeah yeah you can get to the end that's right and you it. tap into that kind of the the core of, of of you that doesn't um doesn't bother too much with emotions along the way yeah <laughs> you just get on you're just moving towards the end it's like um the other day because i was a bit shaken up with that fall and uh, been doing quite well with my mileage and uh, but i didn't worry about it too much anyway i ran plenty last week and i had it in my diary to do a long run at the weekend I thought, I don't necessarily need to do that. And then I thought to myself, don't worry about the, the training, the, the physical thing of it. The thing is that at the moment, you're feeling wobbly. You know, you're feeling paranoid. I was feeling like maybe I couldn't do it. This has been stressful. You know, just generally, whether it was to do with the marathon or to do with life, I was feeling wobbly. So I thought, well, go out for a long run. And then you'll just feel more confident that you're going to be able to handle it. Yeah. You know? And it was, so what initially was specifically supposed to be a mileage-based training run, became a much more psychological proposition. And sure enough, when I came back, I just just felt more confident of myself, you know? Yeah, you always do. You never, yeah. never regret a run, as they say. It's so true. Yeah, absolutely. It's so true. Um, no, it does, I think it's, uh, I think it's an amazing, I'm so glad I discovered it, because I was, I was, you know, I was 38. Two, three years ago now. Two or three years ago now. Yeah. I'm 53 now. 53! Yeah. How did that happen? Um, well, I remember the last time we went for a run. I faster now than I ran it. I've never run, well, until maybe now, but yeah, a year ago I ran faster than I've ever run in my life. It was you when we were running last time. I think Paul was, I don't think he was putting it on you, but he was saying, you know, as you get older, uh, you know, we, we, I think he almost says it to himself because injury aside, he's done some amazing running in the yeah, last couple of years. Yeah, he's a brilliant runner, isn't he? And, uh, 
I think that, uh, but the weird thing is, I think that both things are true. We become more mature, and what what's good about the running changes. But if you keep training running, then you just get stronger and stronger. You get stronger, and also, yeah, this is a mental game as well. These long distance runs are mental, um, and you know, the shorter runs. I can, I can't, I don't know, I'd like, I've always wanted to go under 20 minutes in a 5k. Yep. Not sure that'll happen. <laughs> um, I'm sort of, uh, 30, I was 30 seconds off, but I haven't done that for ages. So what um, is that, it's 2030, your 5k PB? 2032, I think, 2032. But that was, I think that was, that was when I came back from the MDS and I was really light. And, and what's your marathon PB? 320. Seven, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think it's three twenty-seven and like ten seconds. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really cross about those ten seconds. <laughs> I wanted to say three twenty-six. <laughs> I was about to. I thought no, just three twenty-seven. Well, it's funny. I um, when I got my marathon PB, I thought for a minute that it was two seconds into the minute it's in, and then I found out later that day it's seven seconds into the minute it was in, oh, and I felt guilty about that. I've, I've been claiming five seconds for myself, and <laughs> from here I'm like, get over it. <laughs> it's all good. And what do you think, what are you hoping to do this time then? Well, in terms very specifically, um, my uh, marathon sort of post-injury in the kind of latter phase of my running has been really centred around the Yorkshire Marathon. And my plan in London is to actively not go too fast. And, and When's London, the Yorkshire Marathon? Two weeks later. Oh. So the Mar London Marathon is, and I know how ridiculous this is, but it's a training run. And the whole thing is the beginning of ultra running for me. See, I wanna, I'll take a break after that, but then I'll be training, training up for a race to the Stones next summer. Yeah, I'd like to do that. Yeah, well, there you go, but let's do that. Okay. And uh, <laughs> yeah. oh, how these things happen! What, all in one go or two? Uh, two with the yeah, the, the sleep halfway there, so not all in one. Go, the whole distance, but over two days. Yeah. Okay, that's in July, isn't it? Yeah. So I've got to run around the Isle of Wight, and I think that's in April. There you go. I was quite pleased when London Marathon moved their uh, their date again because <laughs> I was thinking I couldn't do the Isle of Wight Ultra um, because it was a week after London. Yeah. Right. But no, I had to come out of Manchester for that reason. Last year it was going to be Manchester and London, but uh, this autumn, this uh, next month goes uh, uh, London, Manchester, Yorkshire. So I just had to drop Manchester and at least put two weeks between marathons. Yeah. But my hope, I mean, it is, we shall see, but my hope is to try and take it as easy as possible, in it, as easy as it's possible to do any marathon in London and to still have something in the tank to to yeah, run Yorkshire with a bit of pace. I ran, what did I run with Susie and I ran, I think it was Tokyo as a training run for London, but we had, that was February to April, so. Right, you get a bit more time. <laughs> we gave ourselves a bit more time. <laughs> and you had, and we were talking about this before, you had a little bit too good a time. Yes, you were kind of running along the pavement going, tee hee! Oh, we had such a laugh. Come on, everyone! <laughs> that was such fun. <laughs> it's going to be a long time before we can do those big city marathons again, isn't Yeah, it? yeah. Um, well, um, uh, it's been delayed and delayed. Of course, I'm, I'm, uh, I've got to sort it out and everything, but theoretically, I'm going back to New York next year. Are you? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that'd be amazing. I'd be nice. Hopefully, me and Paul are both going, but I don't know. I think that he might have. When did you last it's such a, Um, 2017. I'm wearing the top. Yeah, 2017. <laughs> I just read that off oh, there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that was. Look at you. Yeah. That was just after that. Um, 
uh, Great North Run we did. So that gave me the confidence, but I still didn't really have the miles after that broken toe. And I, you, you remember, because and it was you yes, told yes, me yes. that First Avenue was a nightmare. It, it is, isn't it? And no one else had told me that, thank oh. goodness. It's a terrible thing. Oh my goodness, it's just... Never it's mind just, London. You come off the bridges, Yeah. you're into Manhattan, you're at mile 16, which is always a brutal part of the marathon anyway. Yeah. Always hate the marathon, so 16 to 20. And then suddenly, um, you look up First Avenue... <laughs> Yeah, you there's can no see, end. Yeah, you, you can, can see the next horrible hour of your life. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I don't like that on, you know, 250 metres yeah. of straight path. It was awful, really awful, but forewarned is forearmed. And, just, uh, I've discovered, because I ran it again a few years later, and I just looked down. But don't look up. Yeah. Don't even, because at 16 to 17, 18 months, my mind always starts playing games with me. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just having this constant argument, saying I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. Yeah. It's too much. Walk. And I'm thinking, no, don't. Um, and if I can get through those, I'm right. And that yeah. was so in New York, that was absolutely brutal. And I think uh, everyone, uh, everyone I've spoken to says New York's really hard. I think it's, it's a so tough... It's And it's hilly and it's a hard surface. I think those old concrete roads, it sounds so silly, but I think it, over a distance... It really makes a difference to running on concrete, running on tarmac. But it is also hilly, and you don't think you think New York is a flat, flat race, but it's not. No, it really isn't. It's built on hills. I did uh, the only good thing about that marathon, because I faded so, so badly. In fact, it was you yourself that said, "What were you thinking?" <laughs> and uh, <laughs> what about your pace? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you were right. And uh, but um, I at this moment in the last mile, it was actually a little bit more than last mile, but the last kind of 10, 15 minutes, where I just saw the clock, and I, and I was due to, I could get in sub four if I ran the last mile, having, you know, limped, and not just limped, but limped completely despondent for about four miles, I was like, well, I can run a mile in 10 minutes, and just set off, you know, with a, a lick, like, I don't know, I just found some deep yeah. finishing courage, which I'd never had before. And uh, and I just loved New York as well. Stayed there for such a short time. S- stayed in such an awful place. <laughs> did so much walking. You want to go, go back and do well, it properly. No, it yeah, justice. that's the idea. And I really like to go back to Paul and podcast the whole thing. Um, brilliant. But we'll see. So is he going to be, he's not obviously not running London. No, but we are going to we attempt to. Where are you, Paul? Yeah. Well, I feel conflicted because I'm trying really hard to make, to be... The voice of physiological sense. So I keep saying, take you know, take time and get better, because what we want is great to have him for the podcast next week. But the most important thing is to have him be able to run things yeah. next year. You know. Here we are, back at the car. Well, very good. You've what a nice run. That was the that was the uh, fastest 5k, as in not the fastest 5k, but the time went very quickly. Yeah, it was lovely. Thank you. Let's get one more. I, got, I keep taking pictures of us in the car park, but let's, <laughs> get, let's get a closing shot. <laughs> Just uh, Once you look at this, how about that for a clever dog, dog oh, nice. thing? Oh, yeah, Get some water, isn't it? Oh, no, it's, 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 if you're not seeing this picture, that is a scoop that attaches the bottle and Luna is advertising <laughs> it as we speak. <laughs> you got one for me. Yeah, <laughs> though, isn't it? I know I can do it with one of these. Yeah. I can do it with a runner's version. <laughs> there you go, Luna. Here you are. Um, oh, that was great. Wonder so, yeah, what's you, so what are you going to do it in? What, uh, predictions for London? What am I going to do it in? Um, yeah. Well, you just told me I have to do it in 335. There you go, 335. No, that's I it. won't. Well, I don't know. Do you know what? I have genuinely no idea. Well, that's I'm going to go in there and I'm going to run to my heart rate again. Not going to push it too hard. And uh, 
if my heart, when I did the Great North, if my heart went over 150, I knew that I needed to sort of, that was, that was all right. 150 was okay. Sort of 160, I need to pull back again. So I'll do that and see what happens. Well, you made me realise something. The joy of running. I need to get a watch. You do need to get a watch. <laughs> I can't believe it. You never had a watch. What do you run with it? Uh, I've measured the distance in my, on my phone and then look at it afterwards. I love my watch. I love my watch. Yeah, it's yeah. brilliant. I see my heart rate and I see my maps. That's the most yeah. important thing. I should get in the 21st century. Yeah. <laughs> A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.